In human life, a very valuable, if not one of the most important commodities is the matter of truth, knowing truth, and having truth being given and being dealt with truthfully. Diogenes, uh, in 412 BC, you may have heard of him, made himself a little bit unwelcome in Athens. He would trudge around barefoot and uh, was rather uniquely garbed. And he was best known for carrying a lantern during daylight hours. And he, what he would do is he'd come up to a person and thrust it into their face and say, I am looking for an honest man. And according to his account, he found none. <laughs> and I think we somewhat feel that way today. However, throughout history, we're thankful for those who at least had some uh, aspect of honesty and truthfulness. It was said when Grover Cleveland was a boy, he insisted on returning the egg that a neighbor's hen daily laid on the Cleveland's side of the fence. Thus, as a child, he began early to give proof of honesty that did mark him as a man and as a future president of the United States. Honesty in small matters has a great amount of consequence for ourselves and for others. But it just speaks loudly to the matter that everything that we do is based on whether we really believe something to be so or not. And when we're not certain of truth, we are in trouble. And when it comes to eternity, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to who we are as human beings, and when it comes to our relationship with others, this matter of truth and honesty is all important. You have no structure in life. You have no confidence. You have no sense of purpose. You have no sense of direction. If you do not know truth, understand where the source of truth is, and have truthfulness given to you. Much could be said. But I want to look today in our continuing series on the I Am. That's the great title that God gave, him, gave to uh, the nation of Israel as the personal God of Israel. Moses was given that at the burning bush. I am that I am, showing the eternal immu immutability of our God, desiring to communicate his very person to his creation, our great God. And we've been looking at the attributes of the I am now for several months. And we want to look this morning for a few minutes at the fact that he is the God of truth. So we're going to come at it from several different angles. First of all, we want to see God as true reality true reality. Let me give you a couple of theological definitions as I have done in these last few months. First of all, uh, Thiessen says, by the truth of God, we mean that God's knowledge, declarations, and representations eternally conform to reality. In relation to God, truth is that perfection of his being by virtue of which he fully answers to the idea of the Godhead is perfectly reliable in his revelation and sees things as they really are. Now, I know this seems uh, almost a, a simple perspective, but truth is simply a right perception of what is. There's all kinds of wrong perspectives. There, is all, there are all kinds of deceptions. Truth is that which is reality. 
Ryrie, another commentator, says it this way, to say that God is true is to say in the most comprehensive sense that he is consistent with himself, that he is all that he should be, that he has revealed himself as he really is, and that he and his revelation are completely reliable. Now, there's a lot in both of those definitions that we gave you, but folks, this really explodes with blessing. The fact that we can know what is genuine, what is reality, uh, what is absolutely true. The world has constantly been searching for truth. And there's just this deep desire to be able to know what, what reality is and what does life mean. Statistics came out la- yes, this last week about the tremendous sadness of adolescence today and the depression. And I want to submit to you is that uh, that startling survey makes it very clear that young people today just don't know where to turn because truth has been attacked and the reality of God as presented in the Bible has been undermined. Humanism does not give reality. It gives a focus on man and man is totally unreliable. So our God is truth and he is true reality. God is the only way, the only way we can know true reality. Uh, Human observation is finite and limited. For us to think that we can know all things, as powerful as the mind is, you know, you look at all the scientific developments, and many of those over the last few centuries came uh, through uh, godly Christians who believed that God's laws and principles were true. But as you see the development of science, and, and uh, all of that, you realize that we are created in God's image. But even to the best of the knowledge that we have, we are so limited because we can only observe. We don't know what happened back then. We don't know what is really involved in all aspects of reality. Um, I remember when... Uh, we were talking to the neurosurgeon that did surgery on my son when he had his brain tumor. He was top pediatric neurosurgeon uh, in the entire Midwest there, and we were thrilled to have him. But he looked at me and he said very clearly, neuroscience, uh, 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 when it comes to uh, the brain, we're just in baby steps. We know very little. He was very honest, a very honest man. And so we need to understand, to fully know reality, we've got, we got to get it from God. John Wesley, the great preacher, said, Bring me a worm that can comprehend a man, then I will show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. And that's a pretty good way uh, to look at it. God knows everything and is the source of reality. That wonderful verse that we often quote, especially in talking to people about salvation, Jesus said there in the upper room in John 14, 6, he saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Make no mistake about it, God knows all reality. Paul asked the little boy, does the Lord know everything? Yes, my son, replied the father. But why would you ask that question? 
Because, replied the boy, our preacher when he prays is so long telling him everything, I thought he wasn't fully posted. (laughs) Won't go into the prayer, but did you know there's theology that says he's not fully posted? Well, that would be a terrible God to be able to, to serve, but that's not what the Word of God says. God knows everything. And then the Word of God is the only way we can know reality because God, and we'll look at this in a few minutes, has given us an understanding that, that He alone knows. God's understanding is given to us by the Word of God. John 17, 17, in that great high priestly prayer, the Lord said, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. We have that up here. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them in the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may, might be sanctified through the truth. And not only, folks, in this word do we have full, accurate representation of reality from eternity to eternity, we also have the writer of the Scriptures indwelling our hearts if we're true born-again believers here today. Oh, we know the author, don't we? In fact, you can know him intimately. He is in your spirit. So we not only have the Word miraculously given to us, but we have the Holy Spirit in us to illumine us. So I'm telling you, believers, we can know truth. We can understand reality. That's why it is so tragic when Christians stumble around because they're not walking with God and make the same mistakes that a world that is in darkness is making and and doesn't know their way and is overwhelmed by the circumstances of life when right in their own possession is the word of the living God and the very one who wrote that word is in them not only sealing and indwelling but ready to illumine the scripture to them. And so we're so thankful as that famous quote of Dwight L. Moody, the great evangelist, says, the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a sundial by moonlight. Uh, You can understand, but not like you can when you are right with God and the Spirit of God is working. So he, as we think uh, about the God of truth, first of all, he is true reality. Now another nuance of this is that he is the true God. In other words, he is the true God in distinction to all others. Now, I want you to get this. All other gods are of Satan. Uh, they are contrived by, as 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this world. Isaiah 44, 8, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have decla- declared it? Uh, ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a God, or a molten, a graven image that is profitable for nothing? There is the Creator God, Uh, the great I am, and he is the God of the universe. And so Satan is constantly wanting worship to himself. He does it through the different religions, and he does empower those religions to have um, 
a, a, a draw to the idol worship. And of course, it does a lot of times in that worship is an ability to do what people want to do. You certainly see that in the paganism of the Canaanites and all the different gods that Israel was uh, corrupted by uh, their influence. But then you also have the worship of Satan by having man worship himself. Uh, humanism and all of this concentration on man, the material universe, there is no God. Uh, we are evolved. We are the height of all, of all things. And, uh, and all of that is very, very satanic. And so we need to understand that a lot of the things we see and the forces that are around are not of God. They are of the evil one. He is the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. But keeping that in mind, we must not allow ourselves to be intimidated by any of the other small g gods. During World War II, uh, C.J. Olenek, commander-in-chief of the Middle East Force, wrote the following order to all commanders and chiefs of staff under his authority. There exists a real danger that our friend Rommel is becoming a king or a magician or a bogeyman to our trip, troops who are talking far too much about him. He is by no means a superman, although he is undoubtedly very energetic and able. Even if he were a superman, it would still be highly undesirable that our men should credit him with supernatural powers. I wish you to dispel by all possible means the idea that Rommel represents something more than the ordinary. The more important thing now is, is to see we do not always talk of Rommel when we mean the enemy in Libya. We must refer to the Germans, Germans or the Axis powers or the enemy and not always uh, be harping on this. Please ensure that this order is put into immediate effect and impress upon all commanders that from a psychological point of view it is a matter of highest importance. Folks, we give Satan far too much credit. Okay, he is a defeated foe. Oh yes, he's got our country under his grip of secular humanism. I mean, he's got it. He's got false religions still going and fueling much of the things that we see around the world. I understand that. But for the believer, we must understand that we serve the true and only God, the creator, the one who has given us his word, the one who has saved us, the one who has indwelt us. And we need to go forward in that reality. We serve the true God and he is the victor. And uh, it makes all the difference in our lives. Isaiah 45, 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. God is the only God. He is the true God, and there is none like him. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that they may, might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou has sent. And let me just say this. This, you see the word idol used a couple of times in the New Testament referring to covetousness and a love for the world, which means that we trust something other than the true God to meet our needs in our lives. And uh, that is a, a real affront to the only God. My friend, the only way our needs are met from in every facet of our life is through what God has said, through his intervention, through his grace, and through the fulfillment of his principles in our life. And the minute we look to other things to 
to motivate us, to guide us, to give us security, uh, to give us um, uh, excitement in life, uh, we now have another God. And my friends, that is opposed to the reality there is only one God. All right, third point here, true revelation. Uh, he is true reality, and uh, therefore he has, uh, has revealed that reality to us. God's word and his revelation is reliable. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Um, we can count on the fact that uh, he has given us absolute truth. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would. I'm going to take just a moment here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'd like to open this passage up a little bit to you for you to have further study on it. But it is very helpful to understand the nature of the Bible that is in your lap, if you have one here today. Uh, what you have is a marvelous uh, revelation of the reality, the truth that is God and that God knows. God is good, has been good to us to give us everything we know for life and godliness. And in chapter 2, we have the contrast between man's wisdom and the uh, uh, spiritual wisdom of God. And then we read in verse 9, but as it is written, this is chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We cannot, through our sensory abilities, our finite understanding, understand God's plan, his purpose, what he has prepared. It, it, we don't have it. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. All of the aspects of reality that are important for us to know. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the spirit of a man which is in him. Uh, the only way people can really, I mean, there's no way that anybody can know what's really going on in your heart unless you tell them. Now, that, now wives can read their husbands pretty well. I understand that. But it still isn't perfect. The only way she's going to really know what you're really, 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 really thinking is you've got to reveal it to her, right? Well, if that's true in the human realm, uh, the latter part of verse 11, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. How can we think we can know what's in God's mind? The infinite, all-powerful, omniscient God. We can't. But... He is, has uh, revealed it to us, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, and you could put in there words in that context. In other words, the Spirit of God inspired in words what is in the mind and heart of God so that we have the inspired Word of God. And then it goes on to speak of the fact that we need the illumination of the Spirit of God. Friends, we need to stay excited every day. We've got the revelation of reality, of truth, from God's own mind and heart. 
And he did it through human agents so that we could fully relate to it and understand it. And he's given us a spirit so we have the full illumination needed. Friends, we can know the truth. You can have the mind of Christ, Philippians chapter 2. You can think the thoughts of God, not because you figured them out, but because God has given them to you. So it's wonderful. God is true reality. That is absolutely true. He is the only true reality. He is the only God. And he has given us his revelation. It is perfect. 1 Peter 1.25, for the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which my the gospel is preached unto you. Matthew 5.18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Jesus made it very clear. Even the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet is inspired and is of God. So God can be trusted. Isn't that wonderful? You can trust his word. You can trust his truth. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hope, hold upon the hope set before us. Titus 1.2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. As we'll be praying here in a few minutes, we're going to be basing a lot of our prayer on the promises of God. And God never, never abrogates a promise. Um, and uh, God is, uh, is one that will keep his word. Uh, Romans 3.3, 3, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the word of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Uh, God's word is true. And just one thought here on this. You know, there are a lot of promises that we just don't apply to our lives because we forget how reliable our God is. If he said it, and it legitimately applies, he's going to keep his promise. You see, Christians that walk by faith, faith is a faith in the Word of God. They follow the principles and truths of God's Word and step out trusting God to enable them to obey those truths. And Christians then in that walk, when they trust the promises of God, are Christians who constantly see the divine finger of God in their life. It's an amazing thing. Listen closely to Duncan Campbell's, Campbell's uh, um, statement here. He helped lead by the grace of God, the mighty Lewis Awakening, uh, really the last of the major revivals in the Western world in the middle of the last century. And he said this, there is a place beyond consecration. There is a place beyond sanctification. Note this, and that is the place of implicit confidence in God. It is not easy to stand in that place. But I have known men and women who stood there and I have seen before my eyes the miracle happen. Beyond consecration is the promise of God. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. My friends, we have great and mighty promises that God wants to do a mighty work in our day. It applies to the church age and God is ready to work. Many, many more promises. The problem is we are not willing to stand upon that unapologetically. 
base our life upon it, and call down the blessing of God in accordance with his word. Another angle of this about the revelation of God is he, as we trust him, he wants us to let the word cause us to be like him. Truth is given so that we can be transformed. I've given this illustration several times, and I think it says it so well. A little boy walking, walked down the beach, and as he did, he spied a matronly woman sitting under a beach umbrella on the sand. He walked up to her and asked her, are you a Christian? Yes. Do you read your Bible every day? Yes. Do you pray often? Uh, the boy asked next, and she answered yes. With that as his final question, will you hold my quarter while I go swimming? <laughs> When a person really loves the Word of God and their lives are transformed, isn't it a miracle how they are more and more like Christ? And it's such an encouragement to see the Bible lived out in their life. Now, I don't have time to speak on this, folks, but, you know, when we as believers who are new men in Christ, as Ephesians 4.24 says, don't obey, wherefore put... uh, putting away lying. And uh, it, is a, it is a tragedy when we as God's people are not truthful ourselves. Our testimony is lost. Remember, Jesus said, speaking of the fact of the Pharisees, you're a father of the, uh, the devil, and he went on to talk about the fact that, that he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his, own, of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He lied to Adam and Eve. He's, hey, he's given the lie of humanism and the worship of all false gods. Um, you'll see the lie come out during the tribulation. And so every, uh, every person has this as part of the nature, of the fallen nature. And my friends, one of the greatest examples that we are children of the God of truth is that we speak forth not only the truth, but backing it up by being honest and truthful. And uh, how important it is that we understand that. God hates lying. It's one of the things that he above all calls an abomination. Find that in Proverbs 12, 22. Exaggeration, pretense, hypocrisy, lack of willingness to be open, flattery, insincere promises and statements, false witness, on and on we can go. And that's just what is happening in the world. But my friends as believers, If we are truly children of God, it ought not be so in our lives. And um, God wants us to be transformed and not have that as part of our life. Well, finally, let me just give you this final thought in conclusion here this morning. He is the true source. Uh, He is the source of all things. He is the truth. Everything that's important comes from him. God knows things as they are. Psalm 33, 13, the Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He is the beginning of all knowledge, and he makes it available to us in order that we may have fellowship with him. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be one with us. He gives us the fullness of understanding what he's done for our salvation from creation on and through the Old Testament and through the nation of Israel and now through this dispensation that we, uh, we are in. 
And he knows everything. And so he's made knowledge available to us and he continues to work in our hearts so that we can know it. And God is truth in a comprehensive sense. Burkhoff, another theologian, says, he is a source of all truth, not only in the sphere of morals and religion, but in every field of scientific endeavor. One man came to a musician and said, well, what's the good news today? And the fellow ran over, got his tuning fork, and hit it, and it was a perfect A. And he said, the good news is, that was an A 5,000 years ago, that is an, or 4,000 years ago, that was an, uh, that's an A right now, and that'll be an A uh, years later. There are certain things that are true. And my friends, God is true. You can count on it. He, he is true reality. And uh, there is none else. And, uh, and so we've got to understand that truth is from God. You know, we live in a day that's very confusing. You think of all the modern uh, art, music, and so forth. It's, a lot of it is going out of the order of the natural order of mankind. Uh, one uh, American composer made himself famous by just doing arbitrary things and calling it music. He would always do things that were random until he began to study mushrooms. And by his own admission, he said, you know, in, in studying mushrooms, I am not just random about that. Because if I, if I eat all the mushrooms I find, I will be no longer able to compose. <laughs> and uh, it's funny how mankind acts like there is no order and no truth, but there is truth. Let me just finish with this thought. All right. You've got the Word of God here. This is reality. As you go down the road... You see a sign that says dangerous curve ahead. Not just that typical sign, but bold, dangerous curve ahead. Reduce speed to such and such, even a flashing light. You've got to have a decision. You have a decision to make. Do you believe that that's reality, or are you just going to go on the basis of your own thinking, your own ability, and approach that curve as fast as you want to, uh, to approach it? If that curve is... Uh, uh, at almost a right angle, and you have a cliff that's thousands of feet down, and you, don't, you have nothing but a guardrail, do you think it'd be wise to make a choice to listen to reality? My friends, all the time, God is saying, danger, danger, danger. Don't ignore this book. It's completely reliable. What God says about salvation is absolutely true. We cannot get to heaven on our own. And Christian, what God has said about life is absolutely true. Oh, to truly stand upon God's word. Let's bow for prayer.